Make art today to change tomorrow. This is the quote that inspired this merch line exclusive to the Lemonade Stand. I myself said it in episode 91 of Making Lemonade. This one quote not only sparked an entire merch range, but it sparked a credo, a mission statement, a movement inside me that I couldn't help but share. Thus, Art Change was born. Art Change is a series of products designed to spread the power of art and the change that it can make. Art Change is for the weirdos, the creatives, the innovators, the visionaries, the inventors, the entrepreneurs, the inspired, and the motivated. Wear these garments to spread awareness of the importance, the power, and the significance of art. Help us remind the world that art is still worth fighting for. Make art today to change tomorrow. Get yours today at thelemonadestand.shop or go to jordanmorpethart.com and click the shop button at the top of the page. This merch line includes unisex torso covers, posters, booty sacks, pocket phone caddies, crayon cases, portable computer sacks, jar lids, knitted jar lids, sacks, sack IDs, hooded short cloaks, shirt buttons, and energy cylinders, both portable and ceramic. The line is excessively affordable and shipping is free with orders over $50 to Australia, New Zealand, the United States and the United Kingdom. So head over to the lemonadestand.shop or go to jordanmorpethart.com and click the shop button at the top of the page to get yours today. Make art today to change tomorrow. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Are you a fan of making lemonade? Qui-Gon's happy hour or just my work in general? Well, due to the current world crisis, health crisis, we are, we here at the Lemonade Podcast Network have hit a wall as far as our sponsors and regular revenue streams go, and we thought it's time to push our Patreon. If you go to patron, patreon.com forward slash the Lemonade Network and become a patron, you will get access to not only a patron-exclusive podcast feed with all our Star Wars after shows, movie commentaries, and the whole first season of my podcast, Baking Oranges, where I talk with my friend and yours, Steve, about pop culture and the world around us, but you will also get 15% off all products in my online store, um, year-round and access to a patron-only Discord community where you can talk about the latest episodes, pop culture, and much more with our Lemonade Network community. Now, for those of you out there who are also in financial hardship right now, this is not for you. I want you all to know that we we will still have free podcasting content year-round. Every single week, we're going to have new episodes of Making Lemonade and Qui-Gon's Happy Hour every other week as well, so don't fret. However, if you are not in financial hardship and you could spare some <laughs> some cash um, and would like to help out and are, are a fan of everything we do here at the Lemonade Network, please head over to patreon.com forward slash the Lemonade Network and become a Patreon a patron today. Stay weird. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Making Lemonade, the podcast where we talk about how we take the lemons that life gives us and all of the different flavors of lemonade that we as creatives and as people make throughout our lives. This week, we have a very special guest. I've been meaning to speak to her for 
um, quite some time now, since I met her um, back at Canberra, uh, what was the, oh no, it was Comic Gong um, in 2018, I think it was, was it 2000, no, maybe, I think it was 2019 actually, no, we met last year, um, and it is Ritual 44, M Rose um, is on this week, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to be talking about her art um, and how to love your art, but let's get straight into the vlog portion, we're going to make it nice and quick this week because it's really hot. Um, and if I put a fan on, you're going to hear it. I might even just put the fan on anyway, because it's freaking hot. Very, very hot. <clears throat> okay. I am back. What's good? Hello. Um, so, quick vlog portion of the episode. Um, not much going on <laughs> this week in my in my life. Um, just slowly getting through things. Um, I am. What am I doing with myself? I am working on um, just lemonade stand stuff. I've been working on um, being a better dad. That's a lot of fun. I've been waking up really late. Um, sorry, staying up really late with a little three-week-old and going to bed uh, really late and waking up really late. So that's not working well with my routine. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I'm not trying to sound negative. I definitely love being a dad and I love my little mans and um, you know it just it can get difficult um, on the old mental health and trying to um, uh, just get through the day um, it's slow um, other than that though I am working on a few things I'm working on whether I'm going to do Inktober this year um, it's it's different this year uh, because I can barely find time to work on personal projects, let alone something like Inktober. So we'll have to wait and see. A lot of the Lost Boys are not wanting to do Inktober this year either. Um, we're all working on our own project, so it's going to be um, it's going to be an interesting year. And also, there's a lot of um, legal stuff going on around Ink Inktober. You're not allowed to use logos or um, people were selling things. I think Jake Parker went through a lot of um, suing. Um, he was suing a lot of people because they used the logo and it's now become a business. It's gone beyond being just a challenge and it's now become a business uh, that everyone is working, that uh, they sell products through and so on. So um, it's getting shaky and I don't know if I want to be a part of that this year. Um, maybe I'll ride out the storm and see. Because I've been doing Inktober since 2016, 2015 maybe. I think it's been 
four or five years that I've been doing it. And I don't want to not do it, um, you know, for good reason. I think this year might be a bit difficult to do so, um, especially if there's not going to be too many people within our community participating in it either. Uh, what else have I been doing? Um, just this. <laughs> just been at home watching stuff. Um just finished the latest season of AP Bio. That's worth watching. Oh, I just put up a giveaway. What am I doing? I just put up a giveaway for... Where's my pin? These. Right here. Baby Yoda pins. Go to my Instagram. Um, tag a fellow... All the instructions are there, but tag a fellow. You have to follow both the Lemonade Stand uh, page and my page, uh, Jordan Walk with Art, and um, you will... Uh, be able to go into the running and then just uh, tag a friend in the comments who likes the Mandalorian and you'll be able to go into the running to win three, one of three Mandalorian pins. Um, but really for me, that's it. Uh, let's get into the episode. We have a very special guest. Um, she's the High Priestess from Venus. She has just uh, logged in. She's here. She's ready to go. So um, let's Let's, let me introduce Ritual 44, M Rose. We're just going to pop out of this so I can edit this later and then we will pop back in with her. All right. Hello. Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Making Lemonade. Oh my God, I'm here. It's happening. You are? How are you? I'm so fast. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, doing pretty well. Doing pretty mm. well. It's sunny. It's nice. Mm, it's hot. I just had to turn the air conditioning on. It is so hot in this room right now. And <laughs> I can't turn the fan on because the microphone will get stuck. You'll hear woo, 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 in yeah. the microphone. So, but yeah, it's been good. I've been good. You know, plodding along. <laughs> yeah. Dad life. Uh, Hashtag dad life. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's got to be a way I can. I'm trying to figure out a way to integrate it into everything I do. But, you know, it's the priority right now. So. For sure, you're sustaining human life. It's a, a bit of a big deal, I hear. <laughs> that's a very big deal. That's the that's what people say, you know. Um, mm. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Yeah, they they claim, um, but you know, <laughs> nah, it really is, and it's a it's it's stressful at times. It's predominantly a beautiful thing to do. Um, people tell me that it's an esteemable act, but I mean. You know, I didn't have them on purpose. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. Special um, surprise babies. Yes, both of them were special surprise babies. But aren't they all? Like, you really never prepared for it. I was a special surprise baby, so... I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people really do intend to do it. <laughs> That's true. I think I don't think a lot of people realize how intentional... Like, if, if you knew what you were getting into, I don't think a lot of people would get into it. <laughs> I've uh, watched from afar long enough to know mm. that uh, I probably won't partake in that particular activity, but uh, Fair enough. We, we shall see. <laughs> Who e knows? Yeah, each to their own, I suppose. That's each right. To their own. But I, look, I'm more than happy to cuddle and love all the babies around <laughs> me and send them home. <laughs> yes. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I care a lot about my children. Um, other people's children? No. That's no, a different, yeah. like, I don't have the paternal kind of feelings for <laughs> yeah. other people's children. Uh, I mean, some of, my, some of my nieces and nephews, they're cute and all, and they're fun to be around, but I just wouldn't put up with them if I had to, <laughs> you know, yeah. when yeah. they're upset and when they're mad and when they need someone, I'm not, I'm not their dad. So <laughs> it's, um, 
it's funny Sorry. how that happens. It's, it's taken it's my, uh, my loving and caring only extends to my own to my, my yes. own bloodline. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, and it's also it's probably also a responsibility thing as well. I don't feel this innate responsibility to look after somebody else's child because technically that's their responsibility. <laughs> I think, uh, look, I'm with you. I'm there. Mm. Yes. <laughs> now let's talk some art. What are you working on right now? Actually, no, um, tell the people a little bit about yourself first. Let's let's start there and then we'll then we'll get into some questions that I've got prepared. All righty. Well, I am... I go by the name Ritual44. Um, I am an illustrator and a content creator and a witch bitch and just trying to do lots of good empowering stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I'm super, um, super inspired by anything sort of like a cult or mystic or mystic or mysticism. Um, you know, big fan of the moon cycles, if you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Kindly, finally come to this crossroad where I've sort of made the two intersect by passion for art and my passion for all this spiritual stuff. Yeah. And found your found your pocket in the. That's right, the, the niche. World. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> As they say, the niche, the, what the, are the almighty Americans call it? niche. The niche. Niche, the niche. got to find yeah. your niche. Yeah, your, your, what are they? I think it comes from, I don't know, boat making or something. I don't know. Something oh, like does that. it? Carve a niche in. I think it's um, woodcrafting. You carve a niche ah. in something to. It's like a groove. I don't know. I'm a. I draw pretty right pictures in. for a living. Yeah. <laughs> you stick the stick the other not, piece of wood in. I don't know. I don't know. Not a lot of boat drawings. Just uh, no, 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 no. I'm not a. I'm not a boat maker. I think in another life I would have been, but you know. I can see yeah. That. Okay. Awesome. So what? Um, when you say a cult, is that like, um. Is that ghosts? Do you do you do you, yeah, I heard this um, thing about ghosts lately? But what suppose, what, is, what kind of are you into? Yeah, I suppose like um, I think anything not of this world um, is kind of what I mean when I say of cult the occult. Yeah. So nothing necessarily in the physical world. So you know things that are like interdimensional or like even um, even in a way I consider like the idea of like aliens and stuff is sort of under the umbrella of, a, of the occult. Because it's something mm. not quite of this world, but um, mm. I'm just super inspired and drawn to subjects that um, don't necessarily exist in plain view. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've um, I don't know the last the last few months I've been really not into ghosts. Like I haven't been researching them, but been really intrigued by the concept of them because I'm. I've had experiences in the past, but I'm not sure if I have. Like it's yeah. one of those things where you could have an experience, but if it doesn't reoccur, there's no way of telling that it's actually happened or not. Yeah, right, right. And I've had experiences in my past where, I mean, I've had like sleep paralysis experiences and that was very demonic and 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 ghostly. Um, but that kind of infer that came out into my external life as well outside yeah. of kind of my dream dream life and um that just when I, that was like probably four or five years ago six years ago and that just scared the living shit out of me um at the time but now i've kind of come back to it where i'm i thought i'd had experiences in our new home um because we're kind of out in where it used to be country it's developed land 
um, out here. And it's, I thought I'd had experiences, but I just cannot confirm whether or not because it was one or two. And then later on, I found a mouse in the house and I was like, that could have been it. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Like, that what was it? What was happening? Experience. Um, I mean, there was just some movement late at night. Um, I may have been under the influence of some things as well at the time, just hanging out on my own while the whole family was asleep, just watching television. But then the the real experience that kind of took me over was I saw a figure next to my bed while my partner was still in the office here. Um, She was just up late working and this was probably about one in the morning. And I saw this female figure and it was a young female figure, um, I couldn't even tell you what. She was just wearing regular kind of clothes. But I couldn't tell whether it was like a reflection of a dream that I just had. Like maybe I'd seen yeah. something right, and then right as I woke up, it was there and then it was gone. I kind of like blinked my eyes and was like, whoa, what? Yeah. And scared myself silly about it. Um, <laughs> but when I told my partner, she's, she's very... Um, religious and spiritual and she scared her she was like oh no 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 no! i don't i don't like yeah if, if that's the case that's that spooks me a little bit and i was like well i don't know because i'm a very science-based guy like i'm i'm yeah. i was raised sciencey and i'm like i don't know if that was real i don't know if that was what i actually experienced so i've been very curious about people's experiences with it and stuff like that yeah like well that's pretty uh, well there's um the idea that um, the dream world is just our consciousness accessing other, you know, other planes of reality. And then yeah. so there's that idea because um, mm. I had a similar experience uh, just a few months ago where I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw a guy standing over the bed and I saw him so clearly that I thought, someone had actually broken in and I was staring at him the whole time and he was just looking down at me. And, um, yeah, I was like, Oh my God, I've been broken into. But then when I realized he was just staring at me, I was just like, Oh, okay, this is something else. But, um, mm. I just stared at him and then he eventually just sort of dissipated. Vanished. Wow. But that was weird. It was about like, like, yeah, it was that weird in going to sleep, but I just like sprung my eyes open and it wasn't sleep paralysis. It was just like, because I could, I grabbed my phone and checked the time, and I don't know. Mm. Who's to say? Yeah, it's curious because it's like it's I, I I kind of subscribe to that interdimensional. You know, maybe we are accessing something else in our dreams that we don't realize. Um, a more malleable plane of existence. Um, For sure. And maybe there's something you know there's a there's a place in between this and that that you know, perhaps has ghosts or remnants of, you know, I hear, hear all these stories of um, almost like it plays out like a, uh, like a, um, a tape, like a re reoccurrence of a, of an event in, in certain places. And um, it doesn't interact with our realm, but it just plays out in front of us. And that's what people kind of expect. It, it makes me curious. Like maybe we just need to, you need to be willing to access it to um, actually experience it. Like yeah. if you're not open to it, perhaps you won't experience it, or perhaps what you experience, you'll just be like, oh, that's not what it is. You know, that's, yeah. that can't be possible. That's why people are like, oh, that can't be possible. Yeah, but yeah. Then, you know, the fear, I mean, I looked into the fear of it and it's just like, 
pure anxiety driven. Some people can't <laughs> live in their own homes alone yeah. without, because they're just afraid of of ghosts and stuff like that. But yeah, it's funny that you said that's something I've been really thinking about a lot. Lately. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think there's a huge shift in consciousness going on globally at the moment, and there's been a big mm. uptick. I'm sorry, my dog is. That's okay. Um, there's been this like huge uptick of um, Captain. Anyway, we're talking about ghosts. He's getting freaked out. Uh, what is it? What is it, little man? Um, yeah, there's been this huge, you know, a lot of people have been adopting this sort of um, these ideas of mul- multiple dimensions and ascending to the the fifth um, density. And um, I'm not sure if it, I don't think it's a coincidence. You know, I think there's um, a big shift because we're all kind of sick of the way the world is right now, right? Where the, a lot of the systems and structures in place, we're realizing this does not work. This is killing us all um, in many different ways. Um, so I think there's just been this shift of consciousness too. There has to be something else. There has to be more to our existence than mm. what we're doing. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know. And I mean that's. That's the thing, isn't it? We've all, I've heard so many people say this year, um, oh, the world's just going to shit. It's such chaos. It's it's so, you know, this year's been so, it's like, no, no, no. That's, you know, that's always been like that. Yeah. It's been like that for as long as I can remember, as long as I was, you know, old enough to understand it and conceive of it. It's been like that. It's just that you just weren't paying attention <laughs> or those though, whatever in power, whatever sort of system of power or whatever didn't want you to pay attention. So that distracted you and you yeah. were distracted and you fell for it. <laughs> Did you know, I found out something super interesting a few months ago that um, the actual etymology of the word apocalypse is um, to lift the veil. So it's Ooh. like, not this like, yeah, right. Which is like, so, wow. yeah, so it's not necessarily like, the world blows up and we're all dead. It's just things are revealed that, which is, I'm like, that is this year. That is the, mm-hmm. that's exactly what's going on. You know, finally yeah. we're waking up to a lot of the injustice in the world. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence that you, know, we have COVID-19 and then there was this huge adoption from the white community in terms of actually recognizing black lives matter and that movement. I don't think, it's a coincidence that it happened at the same time, you know, because there was a lot of stillness and we actually stopped for a moment and could step outside almost or peek outside of the systems we're in, you know. Mm. But- and sort of the the idea of, you know, the people who just ignored things, um, mm-hmm. the, that it just ignored, you know, people in whether in power or not who just ignored things and continue to ignore what is going on this year um, have just proven to people who weren't quite sure of what was going on that regardless, they were always going to ignore the important things. They were always not going to worry about, um, you know, the people, so to speak, especially, um, you know, politicians and so on. A lot of people are starting to realize that, well, no, they actually are. some of the most flawed individuals and we're the ones that put them in power. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And the most of them, I would probably say most of them don't really care. Their their interests aren't really our well-being, you know. I feel like most politicians, if 
99% of them, their interests are not the well-being of the citizens of the country. You no, know. At all. <laughs> and no, uh, and it's like, what are they there for? <laughs> all, all over the world, this is happening as well. It's yeah. just, like That's you right. said, it's, a, it's an apocalypse. It's a lifting of the veil. Um Look, speaking of which, let's let's move on to some art stuff. Um, we <laughs> could see talk about this. No, no, no. It's, right. it's, it's great. Um, what are you working on right now? What, what's I um, currently I'm working on a tarot deck, which is a huge task. Um, so there's 78 cards in the tarot deck, so that's 78 separate illustrations. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I'm also teaming. I'm also um, while I'm doing, I release one card um, a week, and but I also coincide that with like a blog post because um, I wanted to create sort of a resource about tarot that wasn't necessarily like this is um, the the moon cards it represents your deep subconscious and but rather like this is the moon card it represents your deep subconscious but here's how it applies to my life or here's an experience that I've had that represents the energy of that card. Um, yeah, that's been really, it's been a lot of work, but it's been really good. I'm, I'm just at the beginning so far at the moment and I'm still trying to work out how to balance everything together, but it's being received really well and only 70 to go. <laughs> <laughs> My Lord. Well, at least you got eight done, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. Wow. I thought, I thought like doing a deck of playing cards or something would be hard. Far out. Didn't realize yeah. there were 78 cards. That's nuts. Yeah, so uh, what what um what inspired that? What inspired the the making your own tarot cards? Um it was actually like five years ago. I um was seeing a tarot reader and was just getting my tarot done. She was giving me guidance. And then just as I was leaving, she sort of just said, Wait, one more thing, you have to create your entire deck. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, no, 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 you have to do it. You have to do this. And I was like, okay, all right, no worries. And then um, it sort of really stuck with me and I, you know, it sort of just buried itself in my brain somewhere and I didn't feel I was at a point. Um, I hadn't really, I didn't really at that time have like a strong style. Um, I didn't really have a lot of confidence in my abilities. Um, I tried about three years ago, I started drawing a couple of the cards, but it still, it still didn't feel right. Um, I, my style still hadn't uh, quite developed and it wasn't mm. until um, this year that I felt confident enough in the stuff I was producing to go for it, to um, get it done. Nice. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you've got to take that time to really build the skill set first and then, and obviously the confidence as well, and then um, get into that big, that big project. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm also just like the flakiest person in the world. Um, so, <laughs> like so you're, like, you're an artist. You, yeah, yeah. The creative of too many ideas. Because um, mm. I was like, I'm going to do, when it first began, I was like, I'm going to do, um, there was going to be a podcast every week as well with my tarot deck, but then my girlfriend was just mm. like, let's reel this back. Let's, um, you know, yeah. have a lot of ideas right now. Uh, see how you go. Um, mm. But even, um, sort of the one week, one card a week thing. Um, I was putting so much pressure on myself and I was like really um, getting a bit crazy about it. So now I've sort of realized like to release that pressure off myself and um, just sort of go at my own pace and get it, it'll be get done. 
it'll get done. Yeah, one step at a time. I mean, that's something I've been trying to do as well. I personally just haven't worked on a project in a, in a while. I should have had a COVID project and I didn't. And I realized I didn't. Um, and I just kept doing pieces, just once off individual things. And I had to kind of step back and do the same thing and say, like, what what are you going to say in another year that you've achieved? It's just a bunch of portfolio pieces. And that's all well and good, but I wanted to do some sort of side, like you're doing a side project that would move me forward and put me somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get, I get what you mean. It's just that flaky. I always do that. I mean, we're up to, this is episode 104. And one of my first, when I first started this, this, uh, podcast, I was like, I get, I have to, if, if anything, I have to get to episode 100. If I get to episode 100 and I feel like I don't want to keep doing this, I'm just going to drop it and leave, mm-hmm. um, and maybe come back to it later. And I found myself getting to episode 100, feeling this extreme sense of accomplishment, um, and going, okay, I need to continue on. I need to move, yeah. move this forward and I need to make, uh, make this, but I get what you mean. I get the same thing that, that like, okay, I'm going to do this project. And then with this pro along with alongside this project, I'm going to do that project and that project. That, yeah. It's just like, you get all these ideas and all, but yeah, I think the way you're doing it with the blog and stuff is, is the best way you could possibly do it because you're just, trust me, you're giving yourself a lot of work to do a podcast as well. Yeah, no, I, I realize that. I'm like, I don't yeah. know even where to begin, but also congratulations on getting to hundred episodes. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, well you. done. Yeah. It was a big undertaking. There's a, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, weird ones in the middle there. I got to tell you that but the first, the first 10, I don't recommend listening to. They weren't that great. Oh, no, the pilot season, you know, it's always, yeah, yeah. even in TV yeah. shows, when you watch the pilot series season, you're like, mm, all right, come on. But I'm mm. sure it was great. I'm sure it was excellent. It really started to get its stride at about 30, um, episode 30. That's how long it took me to okay. really figure out what it was. And then once we got to the upper fifties, um, that's when it, it became what it is today, like, you know, um, about creative philosophy mm-hmm. and, and so on um, and making things. I mean, that was, that's my segue. That's my subtle segue into my next question. <sighs> what, what do you, like, what inspires you to make things? What do you kind of get out of making, making stuff, you know, keychains or tarot cards or, or stickers or anything like that? Like, that's something I really love doing as well. What, why is it you do that? Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm the type of person who, when I put a lot of work and effort into something, I like to have a tangible thing that I can be like, look what I made, look a thing. But, um, it sort of is like by, by making stuff, it's like an actual man of physical manifestation of your creativity. Um, mm-hmm. and it, it now exists in the world rather than like, um, cause like I, I've been a digital artist for the longest time since I was like a preteen. But um, so when I can transfer that into real world things, there's just that really satisfying feeling. Um, mm. And I think just that's how I feel um, fulfilled is, is by creating, creating things. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get that, that kind of making a tangible sticker or making something you can, you can give to a friend or whatever. Mm. And you know, it's a bit of a merchandising thing. It's also, 
yeah, just being able to hold on to something and, and put it on your laptop or, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's a good way to monetize your creativity as well, you know. It's like, yeah. here's yeah. my thing you can buy. Please buy <laughs> yeah. it. Buy this thing. Well, you know, and there's that there's that old thing of um, having a thousand, you know, you only need a thousand true fans to really make a living, but you've got to give them and they can pay you $100 a year and you'll have $100,000, but you need to give them $100 worth of things to buy. Sure. <laughs> you know I mean? Like they need to have $100. That's yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a thing we, we talk about a lot here. It's um because, you know, everyone wants a million followers and a million million people loving their stuff and, and buying their things. But, you know, the reality of it is you don't need that many people. Yeah. You don't people, need that many followers think, and loyal followers. It's so much about um, what I've really learned is um, people want to connect with you as an artist. Mm. And as soon as they feel sort of um, connected to you in a human way, then they're probably more likely to want to spend their money with you you know because it's like you know there's like an energy exchange like i believe money is just energy so by you giving your energy to them in a way they return the energy with money if they can um yeah yeah 100 it's just a trade really it's just a um a system of mutual respect for sure theft is not a system of mutual respect (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) the opposite (laughs) Yeah, give me my stuff back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So I suppose I kind of asked it with this question, with the last question, but I think I've been thinking a lot. I'll, I'll preface it with, with something. I've been working a lot this year personally and with the podcast on like, what the reason why I make art, and like you said, kind of connecting with the audience and 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 figuring out who I am as an individual and what my art is. What do you? The question I've got written here is, what do you make art for? But I think more the question is, I suppose, why do you make art? Like, why why are you? What are you putting into every piece of art that you do? Uh, that is not only individual, but, um, you know, comes from your heart and comes from you and, and makes it so uniquely you. Well, um, <laughs> I think, well, firstly, um, art making to me, just just creativity and just expression is just something that's so important to me. And it kind of always has been. I've always had this... Um, compulsion to want to be making beautiful things I think I think when I really get down to the crux of it I maybe just I want to make the world a more beautiful place you know I want Mm. to spread beauty I want to spread love and I'm grateful that I can do that through my art um I I think yeah like I make art because if I'm not making art I don't feel good. You know, I don't feel, I don't feel as great as I can. Um, mm. And I think it's just, I, but I, but I also believe that um, probably most humans have that desire inside them to create beauty and put beauty into the world. But um, mm. unfortunately we live in a society that doesn't necessarily always value that. So um, for some people it feels like a path that they can't necessarily follow. 
Um, yeah, but I do it because I feel like I need to. It just feels like I, if I didn't, I would be missing a part of myself or not listening to a part of myself. Hmm. Kind of be melancholy and yeah, yeah. I, f- I very much feel that too. I don't, I don't know what a day looks like without a pencil in my hand. Yeah. Um, it, or you know, a, a keyboard and, and Photoshop. It's, it's very. Um, yeah, that's that's really thrown me. That's that I feel very strongly about that too. Um, it's kind of I always say this. I like to leave a day. I like to leave a day or a place um, or even thinking as a parent, the world a better place than when I found it. Yeah. Um, And if I have a day where I haven't achieved something or I haven't done something for someone else or I haven't made a step towards putting something out into the world that, like you said, you know, brings some sort of beauty or light or um, color to it, I just feel like it was a day wasted. Yeah. It feels, it feels wrong. <laughs> it feels, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really the only way you can explain it. It feels, like you said, like you're missing a part of yourself, like you're missing um, missing something and you're not listening to to you. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> wow. I'm <laughs> but just it's, like, um, yeah. That, as artists, though, I think it's really difficult to um, find that balance of like, hmm. Like, um, you know, ultimately we know the more that we create, the more likely we are to create profit from that. But ultimately mm. we're not creating art to create profit. We are just, um, we want that profit so we can keep creating art. So then we mm. put that sort of pressure on ourselves to keep making and keep making and keep making that we actually lose the joy in mm. the making. So mm. it's like this kind of uh, strange it's this really delicate balancing act, I feel, to try and find that sweet spot of where you're creating at a pace that still allows you to feel like you're fully expressing yourself without that influence of I need to make money from this, you know? Yeah, that that economic uh, compromise, so to speak, that yeah, we sure. sometimes feel like we have to make. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, like, I'm a big proponent for color. I have a high sensitivity to color, and that's why a lot of my work to have bright colors in it. Otherwise, I don't feel like I, I don't really connect with people's like with art that is dark and melancholy in color. You know, if yeah. I saw a piece um, that is yeah, that kind of dark and gray and and navy blue kind of, I just I can't connect to it. And I think that's why I connected with your work uh, when I first saw it because of the the bright colors that you use and you seem to use, you seem to also have a very good understanding of branding because you use the same few colors. Is there a reason, is that a branding thing? Is that because you just like using, is it, you know, Uh, that that teal and pink and white kind of that you use? Well, it originally started um, a couple of years ago and this is kind of when I really feel like Ritual 44 was born as it is now. Um, because I was invited to do this art show and I'd never done an art show before. Um, so I created a couple of pieces, but I didn't have a lot of money. So I um, bought, I decided to buy two, four paints. So I bought the um, teal and the pink and white and black, right? 
Um, I also did this though because um, I don't, I've read so much about color theory, right? But I think like um, color isn't always one of my strongest, um, well, one of my strengths when it comes to art making. So I sort of did it because it was um, good budget wise and uh, it did meant I could just sort of focus on subject. Um, but then also I have a graphic design background as well. And I was working at a creative agency and I did really kind of understand the idea of branding. And I ultimately understand that people like what is familiar to them. So mm. by creating these pieces that maintained the same color palette, I was able to create familiarity, um, and quickly develop a style, you know, cause you mm. know, people will see those colors and often, I have people coming up to me and be being like, oh, I saw um, an album covered the other day and it uses Ritual 44 colours. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Excellent. Glad to hear it. <laughs> cool. That's interesting. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a commitment as well, I suppose, to um, to brand but also to to limit yourself to those colours. I mean, I, I try to make four-colour work as well, um, especially in a lot of my poster stuff where, yeah, I just limit myself to those four colors and I don't feel as overwhelmed in mm-hmm. the process, in the creative yeah. process. Like it's, it's an, inter- I have, I have ADHD and I can get very overwhelmed at too much choice and decision, a bit yeah. like a two-year-old like that. It's like my, my daughter gets the same. She gets very overwhelmed if you give her too many choices outside of one or two choices for breakfast or something like that. And I feel <laughs> the same. Choices. Yeah. And I feel the same. So I feel like I have to just, Go, okay, go and have a look at something, get some inspiration, find four colors I really like yeah. and just work within that and, yeah. you know, and, and and use that as my color palette and it has done wonders for my process and I can tell it's done wonders for yours as well because like you said, you create this style and this consistency that if you go on your Instagram, it's blatantly Ritual 44 <laughs> like it is yeah. from top to bottom. All those colors and and when you make something, people will be able to point that out and say, oh, that's just from those colors alone. It doesn't even have to be the way you you do your line art or the way you, you know, do your finished painting or, or your shadow, whatever. It's literally those colors that have yeah. just given you a brand and given you consistency. And I really envy that because I don't think I could limit myself. Uh, to- well, I I did struggle with it. Colors. Sorry, sorry. Um, no, I did no, struggle no, with it for a long time because um, uh, because I knew that it wasn't necessarily very commercially viable in terms of you know I've really pigeonholed myself. Um, I even had I was at a um, I was doing a convention once and this guy came up to me and just decided uh, he would tell me that no one would ever buy my art because it'd be too bright for the house and I was like okay thank you so much. Um, but then, you know, I have had moments when I'm like, maybe I should just drop it, but it's like, I know that this is actually a strength and, and Mm. even within, like, like you were saying, like having too many options, it kind of, for me as well, it debilitates me a little bit because I cannot choose. So by creating these parameters, I'm actually finding that I'm more creative within this, within these boundaries than I was without them. Like um, yeah. you can even see um, as the cards are progressing, I've noticed with um, the Ritual 44 Tarot deck, I've, I've started just playing with like the shades and the hues of the colours and it's creating this 
bigger breadth of, of it seems like it's a wider palette but I'm actually all I'm doing is bumping up the vibrancy of a color or just um you know taking down some of the saturation and stuff and um it's yeah. really fun you can see yeah, throughout can... the cards yeah, I can see that. And you're starting to get, you know, you're keeping that consistent color, but it's, it is, it's starting to kind of expand a little bit and you're able to, yeah, it's really, that's really interesting. I didn't notice that until you just pointed that out. It's, it is that same color palette, but there is just, it's not as limited anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's expanded. Yeah, I can see what you mean. I'm trying, it's, it's late in the afternoon. I'm trying to, if you understand what I'm trying to say, but I do, I just see just, just slight shade changes. That's all it is. Yeah. Even just, um, I think that I've added this, I've gone crazy with that pink and I've sort of, um, bumped it up a little bit. And in some of the later cards, you can see there's red now. Um, but that's just like bumping up that, um, that saturation on it. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, look, that's, that's just impressive. I mean, I just honestly can't get over how how you're how you've committed to that and um, just been able to work within those parameters and and change it up over the years and and so I mean I, I this year has been a very weird year for people to be creative right mm-hmm. to be a professional creative it has been damn near impossible unless you had a very strong um, uh, following or or business to begin with, how has your year been? How have you been coping? <laughs> um, I think so. I'm sort of in those beginning years, you know, um, when it's like when kind of you hear that ding from your online store once in a blue moon and you get really excited. Um, mm. It has. Um, so I feel like this year it's been a little stagnated because I find I get the most influx of followers when I do um, those conventions and stuff. And obviously we haven't really been able to do that this year. Um, Mm -hmm. But also it's kind of, it's really given me time to um, figure out my voice as an artist without the pressure of needing to produce a lot of stuff because I've kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, I'm reminding myself we're in a pandemic and it's okay to go easy on yourself and it's okay to have those days where you just don't want to do anything or those weeks, you know. Um, so it's kind of, it's given me um, a lot of perspective. And I think this has been a really big growth year for me as an artist. Um, and I think I'm set some strong foundations to hit the ground running next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's good. You didn't waste the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I felt like I felt at some points I did feel like I was wasting it. But then again, I had to remind myself, you know, we're in, um, we've never sort of lived in this world that we're living in this year before and to yeah. just ease up and just be kind to myself. And and then mm-hmm. by doing so, then I sort of was able to assess and look at my process and look at my style and assess where I'm going and, yeah. Yeah, you kind of got to remind yourself that, you know, you're not alone as well. You're not the only person going through I had to do that a lot to myself this year is just to remind myself that what's really incredible about this year is I don't think ever in human history has every creative um, individual on the planet been at the same starting point. Like yeah. you could be 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson, JJ Abrams, or, you know, Joe Schmo, <laughs> and who's just decided to start a creative business and was going to do their first convention this year. Um, and they are, we are all at the same spot because we were all stuck not being able to execute essentially on our creative works and our businesses. And we're in this sort of cocoon of, mm. um, of creativity and it, I'm sure we're going to come out on the other end, not only with some of the most incredible cinema and, and music and art that we've ever seen, but I'm sure a lot of the people that, you know, we know within the art community are going to surprise the hell out of us next year and in yeah. the coming years because, again, we've had that cocoon to to uh, to become essentially a creative butterfly. In, <laughs> That's right. I think um, uh, what it's really done is given us all a chance to catch our breath, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. It's just given us a chance to stop um, because it didn't feel like we could stop before. So mm. I'm actually kind of, um, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that during this period, um, while I, I've come out relatively unscathed, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm also really grateful in terms of um, the chance I have had to just pause and to take the pressure off myself because, you mm. know, if, if, the, it, in, in our minds sometimes it does feel like a little bit of this race, right, like and where um, there's room for everyone but you you want an audience, you know, and, and knowing that everyone is in the same position, as you were saying, everyone is in the same boat as you, you're just and you're, um, you all have to stop. It's sort of you take that pressure off yourself and you're like, okay, what, what's, what am I doing here? Like you can reassess, mm. reassess why you started and what you're doing it for. Yeah, look at your yeah, like we said, you know, why are we doing this? What are we what are we trying to achieve? What's mm. the end goal? That's a lot of what I've been thinking is what am I trying to get the audience to feel when I do mm. what I do? Um, because that's not something I necessarily thought about and it's no surprise because that has allowed me to understand my art a little bit better and allowed me to understand how to market it, how to how to show people how to help the the audience and give bring value to the audience. Um, and I sort of reevaluated what I was doing here with the podcast. What was I trying to achieve here was was yes to help people understand their own creativity, but also to help them understand that they're not alone in something I realized this year was that we're not alone in this creative process. We're not alone in this in this business building process, this, you know, uh, trying to become part of the almighty economic clock, so to speak, <laughs> That's um, right. turns every day. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's been weird, but it's been, it's been humbling, so yeah, to speak. Like definitely. you said, that, that, that fresh breath of air, that rush, it's like someone just put a stop sign up for six months to a year and just said, nah, sorry, you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. You're not, you're not going to move forward, so you better pivot and do what you can um, now and try and build something online because you're not going to do anything in the outside world. So, 
Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into a speed round, but I have one more question for you before we get into a speed round of qu- of questions, and then I'll let you go. But what are you listening to right now? What music and and stuff are you listening to? Um, I just watched on the weekend over the weekend. I watched Black Is King, and I am so obsessed. I'm obsessed with it. It is possibly one of the most beautiful, amazing things I've ever watched. And I, the album right. is just incredible. And I've been listening to that on repeat. It's awesome. so cool. For those of you who don't know, it's um, Beyonce's visual novel on uh, visual album on um, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on my list. I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it yet. I still haven't finished the second half of Hamilton. <laughs> like I'm, I mean, I listened to the album years ago, but I haven't finished yeah. it either. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> I am like maybe one of the only people in the world who um didn't get into it, which is weird because I'm such a like I do enjoy a good musical, but um, um this one I think I think I like a certain brand of musical. I don't like musicals that are um music the entire time because I'm like I need a break. Like I need <laughs> yeah. And it's a breathing room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's one of those things. It's probably the same way you feel about Black is King is it's just one of those things that there's just certain, there's certain characters that for some reason, even though it's set 200, three, I don't really know how old it is, two, two, three hundred years ago, these he's made these characters so um, relatable. <laughs> like like these characters that are fighting even though the setting is like we're trying to get independence for America and this small little at the time a small little scrappy country um and I'm not American well, you know we're not I'm not American I don't understand that patriotism but I understand the characters feelings for you know there's one of my favorite songs that almost makes me cry every time I listen to it is um, not throwing away my shot. And it's all about like, I'm young, scrappy and hungry and I'm not throwing away my shot. Like this idea it's, it's his version of Eminem's lose yourself. Like it's, it's what I felt when I was a kid. It's what I've always felt that like when that, when I get that opportunity, I'm not wasting it. I'm not going to, you know, I've got one shot to, and, and, it's one of those funny things that every time I I find something new in it, every time I every time I watch it or listen to the album or, yeah, it's it just so, it's it's a masterpiece. Like it's a it's yeah, but it's the story behind it is what gets me as well. Is just that it took eight almost ten years to make, um, just constantly grinding. It was like a it was like a marble sculpture he was making, just chiseling away at it every single day writing a new song testing it here testing it there until it became what it is and um it's a testament to like making something of your own making something of your own and making this absolute masterpiece and just committing to a creative project that can set you up for life essentially all right you have swayed the hell out of me i'm good i'll give it another go i'll give it another go maybe i'll just listen to the album i'll sit down listen to the album yeah, even then, like you mean, you don't have to watch it. the The visual element of it is is fantastical and and it's great, but it's really more the story. And you get you get the story from listening to the album. You get the story from start to finish. Um, 
yeah, you just have to you'll just have to sit down for like two hours and listen That's to it. it. Just sit in the park yeah. and stare at the sky while I listen to it. Well, I'll have to watch Blackie's King as well. I I mean, I love Beyonce and I love everything she does. I just um, haven't had a chance to really sit down and consume. I I haven't even watched the. I mean. I'm a film guy. I haven't even watched The Irishman yet, and that was Scorsese's film like two years ago. That came like last year or something. So I haven't had three. I haven't dedicated when I watch a movie. I just don't have three hours to sit down. Yeah, yeah, it's a big chunk of day. Yeah, exactly. It's a large unless I'm going to the cinema, and even now that's few and far between. They're not really playing anything, and you know you do you have to commit three hours or something like that. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's get into the rapid fire uh, questions. So answer these. Um, There's some very interesting questions, but answer these with the first thing that comes to your mind. Don't overthink it. Don't don't try to um, give the most intellectual or best answer you could have. Just answer it with the first thing that comes to your mind. So question number one, uh, what did you think was cool then uh, when when you were young but isn't cool now? Um, those little, those leggings that you put under your heels. But, um, actually I would now thinking about it now, I do still think those are cool. <laughs> okay. That's a very unique answer. Oh, actually, um, no, okay. a better one. Can it, wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, yeah go. Jar Jar Binks. I, I am I, a big defender of Jar Jar Binks. I have been a defender of Jar Jar Binks. So I, was, I think that poor guy, Ahmed Best, copped so much. Like he, he really struggled. He really oh, like. It's, I thought he was he cute. Yeah, I, I <laughs> love Jar Jar Binks. I thought he was hilarious when I was a kid. Yes, I understand. I understand the sort of. I don't understand the hate, but I can understand like the frustration about him. But um, <laughs> yeah, I love Jar Jar Binks. He's the best. Um, Okay, so if question number two, if you could know the absolute and total total truth to one question, what question would you ask? How many dimensions are there? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. I'm, I, lo- I love the concept of the multiverse. I like pick up a Coke out of the, choose a shirt out of my wardrobe or something and be like, I think I just splintered off. Two universes there. Yeah. We're like, I wonder what they, the other one. <laughs> we're gonna say, I wonder what the Jordan who just picked the other shirt is doing today. I wonder how his day went. I wonder if he died. Maybe. <laughs> just because he picked that one individual shirt. That's awesome. That's an awesome answer. Okay. Uh, what is the most unprofessional thing you've seen someone do, either in the creative world or just any professional realm? Um uh, I once had this boss who was walking around the office telling um, everyone he wanted to shake George Columbaris's hand for underpaying his staff. And I'm like, that's a bit um, on the nose. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Some people don't. Oh. It was pretty unprofessional. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's, no, that, that's, that's the definition of unprofessional. Wow. Yeah, that's that's another thing I've been. How do we, how do we get rid of the unprofessionalism in our, in our workplace? Anyway, suppose you just work for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Question number four. You're about to get into a fight. What song comes on as your soundtrack? I also like to ask this question as, um, if you're a professional wrestler, what is your intro music? Um. 
there's this song called Karma by Alma. Um, and it's like, I'll bring the karma. Gonna, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, right. so. yeah. Okay. Karma. That might be our song of the week for the audio listeners by Alma. I think that's her name, but I'll send it to you. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, mine is Welcome to the Jungle by Ooh, Guns yeah. N' Roses. It just has Solid. that one start up that slow build and then it just hits okay um and question number five final question of the rapid fire round is what is something that most people learn only after it is too late um that people aren't thinking about you as much as you think they are everyone's too busy thinking about themselves to be worried about what you're doing so just do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting people That's that's a that's a revelation that uh, I hope everybody can have at some point in their life. Oh, seriously, it's a game changer. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I think um, one of the other game changing things I had um, I've sort of been learning this year as well is like the way people treat you actually has nothing to do with you and everything about them. So if someone's being a real horrible asshole to you, they actually just really hate themselves. So um, which makes life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most people. Well, isn't that where narcissism stems from? <laughs> Just a, a severe mistrust in oneself and mm-hmm. lack of confidence in oneself. Yeah. Overcompensating. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, where thank can you. everybody find you on the interwebs and social media and all that kind of thing? So on um, Instagram, I am ritual.44. I had to put the dot in there because some random account has ritual44. But um, so Instagram at ritual.44. You can find me at www.ritual44.com. Those are the main ones. Awesome. Yeah, you can check out my tarot blog on um, ritual44.com and see where we're up to. And nice. uh, get it in ya. Yeah. <laughs> Those will I'm all be sorry. In the description below. That's all right. Love it. Those will all be in the description below um, on the audio and on YouTube as well. Um, any? Oh, I don't want. That sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm going to wax. Shit, we. Any last? Any last words of wisdom before we? Any? What's What's your? I suppose. What's your creative philosophy? What's your? Oh, we spoke a little bit about it, but. What would you say your creative philosophy is? Um, I basically just want to make art that leaves people feeling better than when than before they saw it. You know, I want I want yeah. people to feel empowered. I want people to walk around in life knowing that they are the shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. That is so awesome. Um, well, that's what else could you do with art? Um, <laughs> To help people like I mean what's the point in making art if you're not gonna help someone with it that's, right. that's awesome well thank you very much for coming on um, you're so welcome thank yeah. you for having me oh no it was a pleasure it was a pleasure having you on um, I'm glad to finally have had a chance to sit down and talk to you about yeah it's been a long time coming yes it has been it has been um, and we will definitely have you on once again next time you have anything you'd like to promote or anything like that we'll uh definitely have you on and goodbye everybody this has been making lemonade 
um, audio listeners, you will hear the outro later, but um, to everybody on YouTube, thank you for watching. Um, I've been your host, Jordan. That has been, that's M. Oh, that's the wrong side. Oh. M. <laughs> uh, um, yes, it's all backwards. Um, that's M and this has been Making Lemonade. Stay weird, guys. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for watching. I really do appreciate every single one of you. Thank you, M, for coming on this week. Um, that was one of my favorite episodes I've done. And I know I say that every single week, but this genuinely was. Um, it's been it's been a while since I've had a guest on. I think the last guest I had on was Sam's, and it's really nice to sit down with someone who I've been wanting to talk to for a while, um, and I finally got an opportunity to do so. That's why I did this podcast in the first place. Um, but I don't want to make this outro too long. We've had a long enough episode. I want to let you guys get on with your day. I just want to thank you all so much for watching. Thank you all so much for uh, listening to the podcast every single week. I appreciate every single one of you. You all know where to find me. Jordan can draw on TikTok. Jordan Morpeth Art on Instagram. Um, Jordan Morpeth on Twitter. You can find M at Ritual44 on um on Instagram and um, please make sure to give us a five star five star frog splash review on iTunes uh, hopefully Spotify will have um, have some reviews soon as well and you can watch the video version of this on YouTube um, thank you ladies and gentlemen so much have a wonderful week go and make some lemonade I've been your host Jordan this has been making lemonade and as always ladies and gentlemen stay weird take care of yourselves Love yourselves. Look out for yourselves. I love you all. And don't forget, stay weird. I should have known from the start. Oh, you play reckless with my heart. Oh, oh, and I don't want to say goodbye. Uh, so I'm going to let you go. You're still going to pay for those for every night. You let me hear on my
Mama, you better run 